0: South Beach Command. What's happening? C- context, South Beach Command. Relay that order. Context, South Beach Command. This is the captain. C- context, South Fleet Command. Get out of my chair, 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 chair. We have engaged
1: the cannons. Cannons.
0: ons Welcome to the greatest hands. discovery to production made possible by the greatest generation.
1: We did make it possible.
0: <laughs> I'm Adam Pranica.
1: <laughs> I'm Ben Harrison.
0: It's a little hard to get back onto the pot horse, Ben. We've been off mic for a while. Yeah. And uh, as is often the case when we when we recorded a bunch of episodes, that was exactly the time after which a bunch of new news happened about Star Trek Discovery.
1: Yeah, I felt weird having a, our second of two that we banked way ahead of time come out, like right when the trailer for season two of Discovery came out. I'm sure all the other Star Trek Discovery podcasts, and they are legion- <laughs> Caught right on that news and we haven't really said anything about it yet
0: Yeah, I think uh, the next time there is a break in the news cycle and we're aching, we're hungry For a little more news, maybe we should just bank a few more episodes and see if we can't conjure something
1: Yeah, it's like you order your food and then you go to the bathroom and when you get back to the table Your food's
0: there I love it when that happens Love it! Love it! We have always looked to the stars.
1: This trailer is all spacesuits, man. <laughs> like, I feel like that's, that's the main thing I noticed about it is it's like asteroid fields and spacewalks in a way that uh, I'm really into. Like, I, I like it when Star Trek goes, goes suity.
0: It sure seems like uh, the shuttlecraft as a conveyance is not a thing anymore. It's not the utility that it becomes.
1: Right, it's uh, they got those little uh, bumblebees or whatever they call them, worker bees.
0: Yeah, the worker bee. They yeah. got the worker bee, and then they have the spacesuit. It sure does heighten the element of danger when you're not in a vehicle and instead <laughs> are in a spacesuit, right? That's a real quick uh, shortcut to tension.
1: Yeah, the uh, I mean, they used it very well in season one, and it seems like they. Uh they know how to do it, so I'm, I'm excited to see that. We also get a
0: ton of Pike in this trailer. Yeah, more than I was expecting. I think we see a lot more than I was expecting out of a teaser trailer, just in general. Remember that first Discovery trailer? It didn't show anything.
1: Yeah, it just showed the like a kind of crappy rendering of the ship coming out of an asteroid. Yeah. It never came out of an asteroid one single time in the actual show.
0: Not my Star Trek.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it kind of implies that pike is going to be the captain for season two and uh not quite what i was i was picturing but um an interesting way to take it
0: it suggests that and it also suggests that uh there is a dress code on discovery that pike needs to change into because his arrival to the ship is in the gold uniform of the enterprise and in subsequent scenes we see him wearing the blue uniform of the disco. Yeah,
1: the Giorgio gold-sided but generally blue captain uniform.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting different uniforms for different ships.
1: There's a little bit of precedent for that like in uh, you know in the years when TNG and DS9 were on the DS9 crew had the the like station uniform and the right, and the, right. the D crew had the starship uniform and you'd occasionally see like somebody show up on deep space 9 in the star starship uniform and they didn't get out of it and change cuz they yeah. were still a starship person like Cal Hudson for example
0: Cal Hudson could put his communicator anywhere he wanted <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah he had a little more leeway than most Yeah when we were at uh <laughs> the star trek convention we saw a guy walk by us in a uh, in a tng era uniform and he'd put the communicator like way too close to the center of his chest and the second we were out of earshot we both
0: turned to each other and were like what is wrong with that guy <laughs> i think that's how you know that guy's a narc right <laughs> like you've bought the ticket You've made a uniform. You've done all the things to announce that you are a big, big Star Trek fan. And you can't even... He's either a narc or a troll, you know? (laughs) Yeah. What was up with that guy? I don't know. I don't trust him either way. I would have given him mad respect if he was, like, 5'3", any Cal Hudson discommunicator. Like, like that's a bold move, but I don't know what he was thinking. Like, it was almost as if his hotel room didn't have a mirror. Yeah. Like, I can understand missing the spot if if you're just looking down. Right. But uh, I think you need to give yourself one last look before you leave the room, right? Especially if you're going to a Star Trek convention.
1: Yeah. Everybody that walks past you is going to react the same way we did.
0: (laughs) I hope that guy had a great time. We're only bagging on him for his communicator, not his uh, Yeah, not I'm, his interest in participating.
1: Right. His, his uniform looked really great. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want anybody to have a bad time.
0: There was a time whenever you saw someone wearing a TNG era uniform that it just looked shiny and bad. Yeah. And it seems like uniform tech for cosplay has really come a long way. Things are looking really good. Well, there is...
1: Like, so much of costumes are made out of, like, extremely cheap and shitty nylon, but I think if you're going to, like, hit the con year after year, you don't want it to be a fabric like that that's going to, you know, like that that nylon is going to really show its age, like, the third time you wear it, you know, it's going right. to get wrinkly and the seams aren't going to be that good. The show uniforms are made out of, like, the same kind of wool that you would make a tailored suit out of, so. Right you know which is a very expensive material
0: it's a material you're not going to wear to the star trek las vegas pool party that's for sure (laughs)
1: right yeah walking walking from the uh the gold dust to the rio in a head-to-toe wool outfit in the 107 degree weather is not a good look
0: if you had to ben yeah if you had to to be costumed for the con what would your choice be and let's let's try to limit it to what is generally possible.
1: I think I'm going Romulan with cat basket. Fun.
0: That's a great pick.
1: Those shoulders are going to get you through a crowd. Yeah, it's not a totally out there pick, but also I don't feel like we saw that many Romulans. If you put a little intentionality to it, you could get a really good Romulan, but it's yeah. also not going to hamper your mobility like we saw we saw somebody dressed as a lego minifig star trek <laughs> character and that's yeah. just going to be uncomfortable you know
0: yeah it's hard to take a shit as a minifig
1: yeah how about yourself
0: my gut instinct would be to do like the halloween style combo like i saw a cobra kai win at the con <laughs> cool and i really like that it's like the portmanteau of costumes yeah i like it that i really enjoy but I think I think I would be more into something that's screen accurate and only appeared in one episode. Like, I know we saw a Angel One era Will Riker uniform slinking around, and I thought that was a really cool costume to have. But yeah. you and I workshopped a costume that I think I would want to do more than anything, which was post head explosion Remick yeah
1: the idea here being that one of your arms is is rubber or blown off and you use you conceal that hand inside your costume to puppet the little creature that comes out
0: I was shocked at how little reference there was to contagion like you never saw someone wearing a Starfleet uniform with a nubbin for example and no one was wearing a nubbin bug as a brooch for another example. Like like uh the nubbins were underrepresented at Star Trek Las Vegas, I think.
1: You know, the one way they were really well represented was one of our listeners gave us a uh, handmade sculpy nubbin bug after after our show. I've got it right here.
0: I love that. The only nubbin that we know of that was at Star Trek Las Vegas was that one. Yeah. Carly the Cardassian,
1: she goes, by. (laughs) That's
0: that's great. You know, if the Cardies ever got their hands on those nubbin bugs, it'd be over for the Federation.
1: It's not you I hate, nubbin bug. It's what what you made me become. (laughs) (laughs) Guy who eats bugs. (laughs) What? 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 What's happening? What's all this? I'm trying to save you. What is this? So this trailer makes it seem like this is going to be another season, though, where there's like a big season-spanning existential mm-hmm. threat. Uh, there's like some red dots that appear on the screen, and uh, they're very freaked out about red dots, and they have something to do with Spock. Spock is linked to these signals, and he needs help. I'd say that, like, as excited as I am about all the spacesuit stuff, I'd... I don't necessarily know that I can get myself excited about a another one-season story arc, you know? Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of optimistic that they would allow themselves to have, like, shorter adventure arcs in season two. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: and maybe they will. I mean, there's nothing definitive about that at this point, but it just... Uh, doesn't read as that right now so i'm remaining open to this but uh i think it's less interesting
0: well i think a lot like how we went into season one i think it's i think it's useful to go in neutral to pessimistic because i think that's that's a great way to become surprised and impressed which is how i felt after watching season one of star trek discovery
1: yeah yeah Disco has, has done a great job of making me never have expectations that are too high. So this uh, that sounds like shade, Ben. But it's not. It's really like I like it's either genius marketing or bad marketing that
0: winds up working well by accident. Uh, what did you think of the Kravitz as soundtrack to the trailer? <laughs> Adam, I laughed out
1: loud when that music cue started because it is like exactly what we've talked about like over and over again. Star Trek has tried to have a cool contemporary song to make it seem cool, and they always pick like the dorkiest song. Like it might have
0: might as well have been like, "Hey, now you're a (laughs) rock star." Hard disagree, Uh, (laughs) Ben. I I think the Beastie Boys element of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek is one of its worst traits but i liked this song and this moment in the trailer really <laughs> i am the most cynical person about this stuff and it fucking worked for me and i can't even explain why <laughs> i think i also
1: there's a uh, there's like an, a re-edit of this of this song on youtube yeah where they just changed where the the lyrics are and it like completely destroyed that song for me so it might be Partly that, but also just, you know... Is
0: the video accompaniment to that re-edit just a montage of the times that Lenny Kravitz's giant dick fell out of his <laughs> leather pants?
1: Uh, might as well have been. But yeah, like the the way that Lenny Kravitz is cool is over, you know? It's like such a specific late 90s cool. And... Uh,
0: wow. Wow. Wow, you were throwing shade all over the place. Yeah, I just, uh... You're, you're not saying that if Lenny Kravitz walked into that bar we were at, at the Rio, that you wouldn't be like, holy shit, that's fucking Lenny Kravitz and his giant dick. <laughs> Let's buy him a, a zebra hoof beverage. I'd see,
1: if, uh, I'd see if I could get his dick to sign something for me, but I don't really care about that music. I don't know.
0: You'd hold that zebra hoof up to his dick and, <laughs> and take it for measure.
1: Yeah. Which could hold more frozen margarita? <laughs>
0: yeah Lenny is definitely a a man whose music is in its time yeah it does any song work
1: though? I mean, that song is to 1998 as like like establishing what period of time your scene takes place in, what semi-charmed life by Third Eye Blind was for like a couple years before yeah. like if you're making a period piece and something like you like cut to high school 1993 or whatever. <laughs>
0: to their credit they chop and screw the song <laughs> it's not the 1998 version of Fly Away that they used it's a uh, it's a little synthy and uh, <laughs> fucked around cool with. <laughs> I, just, I just don't like God I, I'm, I am nothing but like an old dad on this episode all the way through yeah, you love it when did you get so cool Ben I, I'm not that cool um, another thing about this trailer though, that
1: I liked was that they seem to, uh, they seem to be leaning into humor a little bit more, like there's yeah. a lot more and it's, it's not like that funny. It's a little bit goofy more than it is funny, but, um, right. the, you know, some of the bridge characters like get gulping and looking at each other when they're not sure if they're going to be able to beam a guy out of his work or be. The Saurian sneezing green goo on somebody's face. I, how does that Saurian work on the ship if he doesn't, if he can't speak the same language as everybody?
0: God, you wanna like a Saurian, but then when he sneezes in that other guy's face, I think he's an asshole. That shit is fucked up. Like, what are you doing sneezing into a face like that? Put it in the in the crook of your arm, dude. Yeah, he's not so alien that he doesn't have an
1: elbow. Yeah, I got sneezed on on the subway in Japan one time.
0: Oh, no. And, uh... Like, it just tore through the face mask of the person who was sneezing? No, the face mask, I think is... I, th- I think you wear the face mask
1: to protect yourself from it, because there's, like, less of a culture of covering your mouth if you sneeze. Right. And uh that's not me, like, claiming I know anything about Japanese culture, but, like, I got sneezed on, and, like, the my travel companion was like, that's just a thing that you deal with here.
0: <laughs> what? Yeah. That never happened to me in Japan.
1: It grossed me out for the rest of the day, you know.
0: Yeah, it's hard to feel clean after that.
1: You know, you you think that if they're beaming the poops out of people's butts, they should beam the snot out of people's noses.
0: <laughs> Poop beamer as a as a job. Do you think that's what Chief O'Brien is doing most of the time? I mean, what else is he doing when he's just standing in an empty transporter room? I guess that's what he's got to do.
1: Our buddy John Adams has uh, has gotten rather philosophical about what that might mean for chief o'brien but
0: yeah in his great chief o'brien at work comic
1: yeah yeah which is a, a great comic and i laugh at it basically every time i read the new one but another take is that there's a thousand people on that ship and he just methodically every day colon by colon relieves them of their turds
0: I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It just sounds like uh, when you think of a perfect science fiction future, <laughs> uh, like that's near. That's near the top of my utopian list. Yeah, of what I look forward to. Get it out of me. Yeah, Saurians.
1: Uh, Saurians sneeze a color that their brandy sort of is.
0: Maybe like milking a rattlesnake. Maybe that's how they make the brandy. <laughs>
1: It's, a, it's a, a distillate of their snot.
0: Maybe <laughs> that's a tough shot to take. That's like a cement mixer shot. Ugh, no, thank you.
1: I I am very excited for this tignataro character. Oh yeah, she seems like a
0: real fun. <laughs> it looks like they found her uh, marooned on an asteroid or something. It looks like yeah. uh, things are pretty rough down there.
1: Yeah, her uniform is not in great shape.
0: The Hiawatha has a three-digit registry. What? Which is a strange bit of business, I thought. Like, that must be an old-ass ship, right? When did they go from three to four? I don't know. I guess I missed the Hiawatha in the trailer. Where where did you see that? Well, there's a... Uh, our friends over at Trek Movie did, like, a frame-by-frame uh. Uh, study of it, and they did one of those enhance. <laughs> click, on that, click on that part of the frame and enhance style.
1: They, they blade-runnered it?
0: <laughs> yeah, and they found a cargo container with... The name and the registry. Wow! They flipped it and enhanced it. Yeah, uh,
1: we met those uh, those Trek movie folks were really nice. They uh, they yeah. had like a like a pub quiz at um at the convention that we did with Bill Tilly and Bree Belke, and we won funniest answers, but not any didn't get anywhere close to correctest answers.
0: <laughs> ben, you took a picture of our pub quiz answers. Are there any of those that? that you feel like maybe sharing with our greater viewership as examples of, of what it took to win funniest pub quiz answers? I actually believe I still have the piece of paper. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't have wanted to keep that. I It was a little bit
1: embarrassing to go up and be like, hey, can we keep our trivia answers? <laughs> All right. One that I was uh, delighted by was, what Trek species hibernates once a year? And we put bears, because... <laughs> We talked about this so much. We
0: probably gave more thought to this answer than than any other. There's nothing in the
1: Trek universe that would lead us to believe that bears have gone extinct.
0: Right. If bears exist in the Star Trek universe, then that is the correct answer. Did we get that right? Are there like teacher's red pen ticks on any of these? There are check marks next
1: to many of them, but that's not one of them. But uh, but
0: their checkmarks. I like to, to retract one. all the nice things we said about Trek movies.
1: <laughs> what was Riker's nickname on when he served on the Pegasus? And we put Spit Valve. <laughs> what was the name of Seven of Nines' character in the Adventures of Captain Proton? And we put Twenty Three of Skadoo. Yeah. What are Captain Kirk's last words? We put "It was fun beating up Sting with you, bald guy." <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a nice little punch up. Yeah. Uh you know. It, I think this was the first uh activity we participated in yeah. after after getting into town. So it was a fun way to enter the convention, a fun way to meet other convention attendees. Yeah. And to and to hang out with our good good buds.
1: Right. And uh as expected, members of the Star Trek press were entirely unaware of our program. So Yeah. That was fun. I don't want you to tell us what you do. I want you to tell us who you are. The other bit of discovery news that I wanted to talk about was um, the Klingons got discussed a little bit in a panel about like the the makeup. The uh, the makeup artist uh-huh. Glenn Hetrick did a panel at the con about things, and uh, I mean this was like a main stage panel.
0: God, how big was that main stage? It was huge.
1: Yeah. That what do you think that auditorium seats like five or six thousand? Yeah, I think so. Big, big room. No, I wasn't there for this, so I'm just basing it on the the articles that were published. Uh, TrekMovie.com did like a, a bunch of transcripts and excerpts of it. Uh, at, one, at one point, they captured a little exchange between a woman that got up to make a comment saying uh, the, the Klingons in Discovery are totally different, and he just cuts her off and goes... No, they're not. Like, <laughs> just like, uh, all right, Glenn Hetrick. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't That's know exact, exactly the tone it took, but uh, it seems a little testy.
0: That's appropriate testiness for a person that has been fielding that kind of shit for a year. Yeah. Or two. I guess so.
1: Yeah. I um, can forgive that. So there's a couple of things that I thought were interesting about this. One is that he says that we've only seen members of six of the great houses. So there's another six great houses to see. And there are things Mm. in the design of those Klingons that imply that there are like genetic differences. Like uh, there's house Antak. They have the continuation of the ridge on their chins but others don't have that. So the implication is that there may be hair on Klingons in season two. And uh, also that the kind of, the logic behind this is that there was a story of Kalas cutting off some of his hair to make the first Batleth in the TNG episode where we meet clone Kalas. And so they, they've decided that what that means is that Kalas cut off all of his hair And in season one, which was all about, like, Klingon unification, Klingons going bald was a unification style, not necessarily naturally bald. Whoa. Yeah.
0: I wonder if one of the houses is represented by that uh, Klingon seductress in the windowpane tights that uh, that Q conjured, that Jordy wondered if that was Worf's idea of sex. You remember that scene? Oh, yeah. You remember Worf's reaction? I think he says something like, For she's from a planet completely alien to me. <laughs> but she was clearly Klingon.
1: Yeah. That's another, like, they talk about that, like, that it's an empire, so, like, the different planets have, like, like, they look different if they come from different planets. Nice planet.
0: We haven't met House Spearmint Rhino yet. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And uh heaven help us if we meet House Jumbo's Clown Room.
0: <laughs> have you ever
1: been there? Uh no, I don't I don't go to places like that.
0: I I have heard that Jumbo's Clown Room is not a place like that, quote unquote. That it is like classy and empowered and like not fully nude and just like incidentally uh strippy.
1: Yeah. I think it's a bikini Bikini minimum kind of deal, yeah. but I don't know. I just yeah. I just feel too weird. I feel yeah. too weird to go to like most normal restaurants. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> just universally uncomfortable. That's yeah. Benjamin R. Harris. Like I don't go
1: to, I don't go out to see live music because I feel too weird. <laughs> yeah,
0: I hear that. I I don't go to live music as much as I used to because my feet and back hurt. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am become old. Destroyer of fun.
0: (laughs) We have been waiting for someone
1: worthy of our attention. Her tongue is too human. I am programmed in multiple techniques. Her tongue is too human. A broad variety of pleasuring. Uh, What's happening? uh, What is going on? I'm getting very close
0: to. I sense it coming
1: now. So that's not the only big news that came out of
0: the con, though, Adam. Oh. I mean as far as I know one of the one of the great strategic moves that you and I made was agreeing that we would only pay for and go to one day of the convention. Yeah. I
1: mean it's expensive. It was like $55 to get in.
0: And we were far far away at the at the moment that the big Patrick Stewart announcement happened. I think we were having tiki drinks with Bill Tilly when his phone started blowing up and they were like ho- <laughs> he was like holy shit Patrick Stewart's here I wonder why and then like uh like a group of Navy seals at a barbecue like everyone's phone started going off yeah. like with pager noises yeah. that
1: something huge had happened. We were we were Denzel and Vigo at the at the kid's birthday party and uh yeah. we had to <laughs> we had to go get on the Alabama. There's trouble in Russia and they called us.
0: So across the way Patrick Stewart had taken the stage to announce his return to Star Trek.
1: Yeah, I watched a video of his announcement and it's a it's a very like wedding speech kind of kind of announcement like he he talks at great length about all the reasons he walked away from the character, you know, feeling yeah. at the end of Nemesis like he was totally typecast. Like he couldn't get roles in non-Star Trek things very easily because he was so strongly associated with the character. I mean, he talks about like being turned down for a small part in a film because the director didn't want it to be distracting that Captain Picard was a character in the movie, you know, God,
0: that sucks. Cause he's so great.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, speaks very uh, touchingly about how, that character and that show have meant so much to so many people. He says it's very early days on this, but that like there's no script. they haven't hammered anything out and uh yeah, and yet there's a commitment for a old Picard series.
0: Everything seemed genuine and beautiful up until the moment he said that he signed a contract without knowing what the story is. I call bullshit on that because I don't think there's any way you sign up to do a show without some sort of idea of what you're getting into
1: yeah it's a surprising
0: tack and i don't know like why not just say we we talked a little bit about it and you're really going to be excited about the ideas that we've come up with to say that they hadn't discussed it you don't need to say that
1: right the implication earlier in this in his story is that like the way he was persuaded was with ideas about what it could be yeah but like we talked a little bit when the news broke about some of the things that hurt the later TNG cast films that the actors started to get more say in where the story went in a way that kind of hampered those stories in a way
0: I have been thinking a lot about um you know there's like the fantasy of what you wish this series would be and The reality of what you think the series will be yeah and what i wish it were were the moments after the last star trek film where picard is still captain of the enterprise right or an or another ship and he's still out exploring the universe with his crew or a crew and the idea of a show that invites TNG cast members back from time to time would be a very satisfying experience I, I would love that you could cheese the shit out of that and I hope they don't but you know you've talked about TNG for years as being like the ultimate comfort food television show and it and to get more cans of soup in the cupboard <laughs> to enjoy for the rest of your life is, is a thing that filled me with like the feeling that I had after hearing Patrick Stewart say these things was like grateful that they're gonna give it a try because things like this just don't happen the one time that it did happen though Ben leads me to my thoughts about what I think this will be versus what I wish it will be which is what uh, which is what the Rocky universe did with that character when Creed came out right like Ryan Coogler famously bugged Sylvester Stallone to death about his idea for another Rocky movie, (laughs) finally made it a reality, and made a Rocky movie that was tangentially Rocky and actually about another character. And I'm wondering if this Picard series ends up being like that, where Picard is top billing, but this is a story about other things and other people that he is he's related to what do you think
1: I kind of think that's the right way to take it because I don't think that we can just have Captain Jean-Luc Picard captain of the E warping around and just getting in
0: you say we can't have that but do you want it because I want that I want that version I don't think I
1: do like I think that I'm happy to leave the I'm, I'm happy to leave that in the past I'm very excited to return to this universe in a in a more forward-looking context. future tense, for sure. That's one of my favorite things about Star Trek, and I I can't wait to get back to that. And I'm really excited for all of the facets of that. Like, if all of the things in TNG, DS9, and Voyager are true, what is true about 20 or 30 years later? What does it look like? What does it sound like? Uh, What kinds of... What kinds of stories do you tell in that environment, and how do you push the envelope like they they haven't had to push the envelope in terms of like what we imagine the future to be in a long time mm. before you
0: really do grow old
1: you know they've been doing a lot of backfilling of canon, which is fine, mm-hmm. but the forward looking thing is my favorite part of star Trek, so i'm yeah me I, too. I, I would say that I'm like even more excited about that maybe than whatever they find for peace do to be doing in that context
0: I think. Discovery's done a great job in making the show about the future but also relating it to this day and age and all of the actors involved are strong and good and and Sonequa Martin-Green is one of the brightest stars of the whole thing yeah and her abilities I don't think are even in question but I think if you are a creative group tasked with making Star Trek in bulk and your North Star is commenting on today through science fiction metaphor you can't do any better than have those words come out of patrick stewart's mouth you know like right. like there's a credibility there that that is inarguable yeah there's something powerful about about making him your your mouthpiece so i wonder if this new series becomes even more philosophical than what they tried to do in disco
1: i'd, I'd be very excited to see them take it in that direction that's the implication of the announcement too. Like he talks about, you know, having people come up to him and say, like, I have a really hard job, or you know, when I'm when I'm sad about the world and I want to like feel hope for the future.
0: Oh, you you say he's getting that greatest gen treatment? <laughs>
1: yeah, like I, I pull I pull uh, the VHS of TNG off the shelf and watch that. Like this is where I yeah. go when I want to feel hopeful about the future, despite all of the horrors that surround us. And, uh, that's not what they are trying to do with disco, you know, there are many things about it that are very hopeful, but it is not particularly focused on that emotion. And TNG was, and if they keep that in, you know, if they put that up on the wall of the writer's room and, and keep that in the bullseye, that would be a very different type of show. But like, they're talking about having enough different Star Trek things going, like Like, CBS is going all in on Star Trek in a way that is going to make us very busy dudes. But if they keep that, uh, that sense of hope and wonder and the, like, you know, seeing the best in humanity and how we get there aspect of TNG in that new series, uh, that could be really exciting. And I think they have room to do it now. Yeah, that would feel really, really good. Like, they have their action series in disco. They don't yeah. They don't have to make it just Picard smashing glass and breaking his little ships. No!
0: Yeah, I think it's appropriate to maybe walk him back from that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's still fucking J.L. Pipes. He is jacked. Yeah. Still.
1: It's so fun to... I mean, like, there's so many comparisons of, like, people screen grabbing inner light and showing, like, what... They predicted him to look like as an older man and then what he really does he looks great
0: his body is both good and aspirational <laughs>
1: yeah, it really is body goals yeah i would say that the the thing that i may be most curious about of all is uh what do the klingons look like in this new <laughs> p Two series do they take the basics of tng klingons and update them for hd or are the canonical Klingons of disco the ones we go with? Because there's like there's some Enterprise episode and a Deep Space Nine episode that address the fact that in TOS the Klingons yeah. don't have loaf. Yeah, and uh, and there's some like genetic disease or something. They they kind of like retconned this this explanation for why. Mm-hmm. So like if they come out on the other side of that disease looking like Worf, which is similar but distinct from disco klingons i think you got to go with wharf style loaf for the new peace do series thinking about what you can't control only waste energy if you're gonna like maintain the uh (laughs) the illusion that that this is all like planned and and canonical you know i don't think it needs to be like i don't actually care that much about canon but this guy up on stage this uh glenn hetrick makeup designer backfilling explanations for why the Klingons were bald is uh, mm-hmm. is making the case for everything being canonical all the time
0: yeah I think I would prefer loaf continuity in, in a post TNG universe and maybe the biggest reason for that is that it would allow for a Michael Dorn to return yeah looking at his familiar self like michael
1: dorn has got to be pissed about this piece because he's been trying to get the wharf old man's series made for years (laughs) he's like wait
0: wait guys i'm not throwing any shade at michael dorn and saying this but michael dorn is not patrick stewart yeah i mean
1: i do want to see old wharf series though
0: so do i yeah that's that's without question and i feel like he's got to be having that conversation now if they're if they're assembly lining Star Trek, yeah. and and making it in this at this kind of rate, you've got to believe that that that's at least in the conversation.
1: I would love to see him be the uh, the headmaster of Starfleet Academy or something like that.
0: <laughs> I read somewhere a really interesting thing about what do you do about the Brent Spiner problem? He wouldn't have aged Data or or B four, uh, and the thing that I read really intrigued me which was like what if he was computer voice oh. now that uh, like maybe they weren't able to make another body for data or make another body integrate with his mind and so they just uploaded his mind to a computer and he is the computer voice henceforth
1: that's interesting the other thing that occurred to me is like we talked about how deep space 9 made that odo effect look pretty great in the couple of years after Terminator 2 pioneered that technique, yeah, and uh, I mean Benjamin Button came out a long time ago. Now that technology is available, like they could have they could bring Brent Spiner back and Benjamin Button him to look like TNG Data. Yeah, I'm
0: a nervous flyer. It seems like things are possible now that weren't even a couple years ago, and that's a big. That's a big way. My people were biologically determined for one purpose alone. To sense the coming of death. What? To sense the coming of death. What do you think of when you think of male grooming? Maybe it's a sharp haircut and a little bit of product. Or a bit of the old beard wax twisted into the ends of a mustache. Maybe it's a shower, a shave, a little spritz of fragrance. Me? I think of shaving my nuts. And not just my nuts, all around those nuts. I'm talking all around those nuts. And this form of male grooming is hard to do when your junk looks like a log of Play-Doh rolled through a dustpan in a barbershop. It's wrinkly, it's wriggly, nothing stays in place, and it's the one area where you don't want to have an accident. That's why I'm glad we're sponsored by the spring cleaning champions at Manscaped. They sent me their brand new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra It's their fifth-generation trimmer, featuring two interchangeable next-gen skin-safe blade heads, a standard one for taking a little bit off the top, and a new foil blade to go smooth, wherever your heart desires. They also sent me an extra-large Manscaped t-shirt, which I will never wear, but it was nice of them to do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TREK at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in your pants. I have tried so many meal services over the years. After all, I am a podcast host. And I gotta tell you, Factor Meals is my favorite. Why? Because I can go from what am I gonna have for dinner to eating a great dinner in exactly two minutes with Factor Meals. And don't sleep on their smoothies either. I got six of these in the box this week. Mango, tropical fruit, strawberry or banana. They're all amazing. They're like meal supplements I can enjoy while I'm on the go. Head to factormeals.com slash trek50 and use the code trek50 to get 50% off. Again, that's the code trek50 at factormeals.com trek50 to get 50% off.
1: Back for another game. You know it. What's going on?
0: Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st.
1: Then what's bothering you?
0: Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max FunDrive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on!
1: Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff.
0: Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks.
1: Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast, Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org doesn't make any sense I sense it coming now none of it makes any sense sounds like nonsense to me
0: well you want to wrap this thing up Ben yeah uh,
1: we we talked about doing comic on this episode but I think we got there was just so much news that we uh, wanted to save that for a future one Um, so we've got some uh, we've got some great greatest discovery episodes planned for the future and uh, and some great guests for them yeah if you uh, if you want an even more cynical take on all of this Star Trek news. I would direct you to our uh, buddy Manu Sadia's Twitter feed. It's a, a at Trekonomics. Very angry about all new Star Trek things.
0: Yeah, if you uh, if you like anything about Babylon Five, that would be a good place to go. <laughs> if you don't, you can just follow him and mute him the way I did. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, we'll leave it. Re- My DMs are open, man. <laughs> uh, slide into them shits.
1: We will leave it with Rob from here. Uh, but yeah, uh, come back soon for our finale to our Star Trek Discovery Succession comic book series and uh, for uh, lots of other great guests.
0: The Greatest Discovery is a maximum fun podcast. Hosted by Adam Pranica and Ben Harrison, it's produced and edited by me, Rob Schulte, and our theme music is by Adam Ragusia. Head on over to maximumfun.org/donate to support the ongoing production of our show, or you can leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find Ben on Twitter at benjaminahr. Adam is at cutfortime, and I'm at Rob K Schulte. Please use the hashtag #greatestgen or #greatestdiscovery when tweeting about the show. See you next time. MaximumFun.org.
1: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
0: Listener supported.